0: It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers, and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at nine zero six600 And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this uh, middle of the week Wednesday. I'm Roger Bouchard, and uh, today we're going to... Uh, Chat with uh, State Senator Roger Pickard. We asked him to uh, join us, and he uh, agreed to do that, and he's in studio right now. Hello, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. Yourself?
0: Excellent. Nice to uh, have you uh, here. And uh, so, what is the purpose of this program? Well, he's he's an elected senator uh, from uh, this uh, northern Rhode Island neck of the woods, and we're going to review what is going on in the General Assembly. When we were chatting yesterday, I asked, uh, well, like, like, "Were we halfway through or that or thereabouts?" And um, and I guess you uh, designated um, the Easter break as uh, the halfway point. With yeah,
1: the- I, I kind of break everything down by school vacation weeks, if you yeah, will. All right, that's a good way of looking um, at it. Since, since my job, but um, no, typically, you no know, February vacation, that type of thing, if you will. That's when most of the bills have to be introduced by um there's always exception it goes a little bit beyond that um and then from february vacation till april vacation this is where we are right now we're in the um the heavy committee work where all the bills that were submitted are all being heard in all the various committees um every day of the week uh, tuesday wednesday and thursday meaning that's our legislative day of the week if you will um we don't We've only been meeting in general session one or two days a week, but we've been meeting committees a lot more. Then you hit the um, April vacation week, you know, you get the break. And then after that, that's when the bills start getting voted on mainly in committees, up or down in, or in or out. And then they hit the floor for the general um, Senate to vote on it. And that kind of brings you into May when we do the May revenue estimates, um, how the state is doing financially. And then... Based on that, then the budget is um, voted on in both the House and the Senate in the committee, and it goes to the floor, and then comes the end of a session. And that's kind of a, a thumbnail overview, if you will, Raj.
0: So, uh, at this point of the uh, uh, of the general assembly session, and in your particular case of uh, the Senate, we don't have a lot of bills that have actually uh, passed, or at least the important important stuff. Uh, maybe some minor stuff has passed, but uh, it. Uh, or
1: is that an assumption that uh, you can't make it? No, there's some important stuff that have passed. With these, the ones that we voted on the floor currently are, are bills from that passed last year, if you will. So there's alri- there's already a, an understanding of these bills, if you will. So um, we've had some uh, some pretty extensive bills that hit the floor that we've passed. Um, but for the most part, to the point that you were just making. Um, A lot of the newer bills that came in or a lot of bills that didn't make the floor last year that are still being worked on are the ones that are being heard in committee. And when I mentioned that the committee process is one that's kind of really happening the most right now. So yesterday we had we met in general session on the floor. We didn't have any bills to vote on. But there was four or five committees meeting. Today, we have committees meeting. There was no general session, so we're just going in for committees. Tomorrow, there's no general session, but we're just going to committees. So as I said, um, and I know I'm being redundant here, um, the focus right now is listening to the bills, hearing the bills. Seeing what has to be done to the bills, are they worthwhile moving forward, do they need more work, Um, that's the stages that we're in right now.
0: All right, now one of the big uh, stories uh, that is uh, out there as far as the General Assembly uh, is concerned is that uh, the Second Amendment people are uh, all shook up because it's time to look at uh, the gun bills, uh, and, um, and there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, it says here, uh, gun control is about to uh, take center stage again at the Rhode Island State House. Mm-hmm. Here's what's proposed and so forth. And uh, so my question to you uh, on, on this is, how, do, how does it filter down to you? Does anybody ever call you on, uh, on this issue? Or, or is this one of the most uh, dynamic issues that you have to deal with yearly? Uh,
1: and the answer is yes and yes to both. So, so let me start with this. Every year... Uh, obviously, there's a, a slew of bills that were put in dealing with um, guns or weapons or the you know, Second Amendment, however you want to say it. And that's always a, a very contentious time because there are very strong emotions on both sides of these issues. And um, prior to last year, when we did not meet in person, um, you didn't get the, the throngs of people, the public, coming in to, um, to uh, discuss the matter and present their testimony. Um I do not sit on that committee, um, so I don't listen to the testimony there. When it filters to me is if it passes committee and comes up to the floor, um, that's when I get to, uh, to vote on it, if you will. Um, the thing about Second Amendment rights, Roger, you asked me, do I get calls on that? That's the number one call in all the years I've been doing this, is regarding um, Second Amendments. And it's probably 99% to 1, basically, that goes, please enforce the laws that we have. We don't really need any new laws. Um, So, to the latter part of your question, I get calls constantly on this all the time. Um, To the first part of your question, my interaction with this, besides, you know, talking to legislators and how they're thinking and what's going on and what's the testimony like, I really don't get to participate until it hits the floor.
0: One of the things I find interesting is that um, um, a guy like yourself has to measure what you think in your heart is the right thing to do against what constituents say. Now, in this particular case, almost all of the constituents that call you want you to hold the line on gun control. They want the status quo. Uh, So is that what you do? You reflect the thinking of your constituency? Or do you say, well, um, that may be the majority of calls I'm getting on the subject, but I'm still going to go the other way?
1: To the first part of your question, um, I really try to understand what the vibe is in the district that I I represent. Um, My personal perspective, uh, my political philosophy, if you will, is to try to represent the people in my district their perspectives, not just my perspective. I'm only one of my own constituents, if you will. Um, So trying to understand what the vibe is out there, what the thinking is, what the wants, um, I really try to reflect to the best of my ability the wants and the needs of the people within my district. Um,
0: So would that make you um, a person that would um, be... uh Holding off on gun control legislation um, in your particular it's,
1: Senate district? It's a case-by-case case piece mm-hmm. of legislation. Like I said, it all depends what hits the floor. Uh, like, for instance, in the past, now we passed the red flag bill. I supported that. We, we passed the elimination, and if, I, if I'm saying this correct, the bumper stock, you know, where they put it against the thing and kind of gives it the impression of being able to shoot a lot more rounds quickly. I supported that. Um, so, or even the... Um, the one that um, you, you can have those, uh, oh, you you make guns out of plastic. I forget what that, the printer, that type yep. of thing. You know, um, and some of my more on it Second Amendment people would be totally against that. For the most part, though, the people who were, you know, pro-Second Amendment were like, yeah, we don't like the idea of this passing, but we understand it passing. Meaning... A lot, of, a lot of the battles are on the fringe mm-hmm. of subject matters. There, there's always a concern of a, a domino effect. If this piece goes and the next one will be aligned, the next one will be aligned, the next one will be aligned and eventually I will not be able to uh, possess um, a weapon or a gun that I, I feel that I have the right to do. Well,
0: you ha- do you see any earphones there? Um, I do. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I'd like you to put them on because um, I'm going to do a little phone activity and... Um, also I I'm gonna give you um like a heads up on a future question and coming up in a little bit, but Connecticut has done it. And um and they have reduced the gas tax
2: mm-hmm.
0: in that state. And there doesn't seem to be any interest on the on that here in Rhode Island.
2: Actually
1: the bills put in on both sides regarding yep. that to the best of my knowledge. Yes. Uh-huh. Well uh- maybe we could take the question right now
0: before we take the call then. uh, uh so um so how are those bills going to
1: do? I don't know. Um, I don't know if they've been heard yet. I think they would be in conjunction with the budget that will pass because it has a big fiscal impact, as we know. Um, the argument for it is that we have all this opera funds that come into play that you can assist there um, to to, to Fill the hole. Um, of course, if the money is going there, it's not going somewhere else. True. Um, I actually think uh, Representative McLaughlin from Cumberland has a bill in to do exactly what you just said. Uh, on the Senate side, it may be Senator De La Cruz, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, and then there's other variations about maybe not just reducing the tax. Maybe we just give a, a, a gas card, if you will, out there mm-hmm. to, to help people. Um, I'm not sure if it's getting any traction. It's definitely getting a lot of um, attention. Um,
0: Are you interested in... Uh,
1: I'm, I'm interested to see how it would play yeah. out, yeah. you know, um, I, I do know this you know, from, <laughs> from economics, that um, when you tax something, it can control the price a little bit. So if you remove the gas tax and the, the gas um, becomes cheaper... More people might buy it, and then the price goes back up again, so basic supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, how effective will this be over a long period of time? Is that something that will actually happen with it? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, no, that's, some, that's something definitely I'm watching for.
0: All right. Let's, um, oh, you said watching for, but would you vote for it?
1: It depends on the capacity, Raj. You know, um, would I be inclined to vote for it? The first answer is yes. Yes. Um, but that, you have to put it in relation to everything else that goes around. If, if we do that and there are monies to go there to cover, that means those monies aren't going somewhere yeah. else. So you, get, you really got to try to take into consideration as much as possible.
0: Let's take some calls here. Sure. And um, we uh, would like you to uh, pose a question or something to uh, Mr. Uh, Senator Pickard.
3: Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Hi. Your, your comment?
3: Yes. Um, I'd like to know, you know, today people are being appointed to jobs, especially women or people of of somewhat diversity, Mm -hmm. qualified or not. Do you know who the first woman appointed to a directorship of a department in the state of Rhode Island was and how far back she goes? Do you know? Uh, She was from northern Rhode Island.
0: She was from where?
3: Northern Rhode Island, when socket. Really? Uh, yes, in 1957, um, they kind of tested you, especially if it was an, an important department where you needed some not, uh, knowledge. Her name was Lyra Lawrence O'Hara. This was in 1957. Uh, her husband was born in Rhode Island. Um, they met during World War II. In 57, she even had to take a test. And she was appointed. Because of her, her degree was in uh, mathematics and and statistics Mm -hmm. from the University of Western Kentucky. She served for over 25 years. She helped plan the, uh, at that time, the health department was across from the state house. She helped plan the Cannon Building. And there's not one accolade for her. And today they say, oh, first woman this, first woman that. She was not, and her husband was first generation born in this country. Served World War Two, and they had the O'Hara Ice House in Blackstone. And no, in One Socket.
0: The O'Hara Ice House in One Socket. Well, that's the new one they I They
3: one of the yeah. first automated ice houses.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, There's glad- not
3: one accolade given, and guess what? She wasn't a politician. Mm-hmm. If the room said that she, and how do I know? I was there was an open. Um, There was an opening in in her department. I was the best qualified, college grad, etc. But because we were related, she said no. And uh, because she went by, she didn't do any favors. She was a straight arrow. But there's no recognition.
1: Oh, wow. She was the first. What department was she appointed to?
3: Director of Vital Statistics.
0: Oh, wow. Well, thank you for that information. And so we recognized her this morning. Thank you. And
3: guess what? We're going to get something and we're going to say she's from Northern Rhode Island. Thank you. Excellent.
0: Appreciate it.
3: Have a good day.
0: You Have too. a good day yourself. All right. A relative of hers, too. Hello. What do you uh, want to say to Mr. Picard this morning? Hey,
3: good morning, Senator Picard. Hi.
2: How are you? Good. Thank you. Uh, getting back to the gasoline uh, tax. Yeah. Uh, Senator De Cruz submitted a bill several months ago to suspend the uh, taxes. Mm-hmm. Would you? I know that you say that you have to see the bills, which of course is reasonable. But uh, philosophically, or let's say even politically, would you be more in tune to suspend the gasoline tax bill, say after Labor Day, you know, in a designated time period? In, uh, in, uh, or would you be more in tune to this? I think,
1: foolish idea of handing out uh, gasoline cards. Which one would you do? Which one would you prefer? Uh, The first one, if you're holding my feet to the fire right now, um, I I think having the gasoline tax being reduced versus um, a card going out, at least you get get across the board all the way. Everybody who uses the the gas at the pump, um, some use it more than others, so some would have a better, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, That, that, that. be a bigger advantage for them, and I'm not just talking about personal travel. I'm talking about like small businesses, people who use trucks all the time, you know, like electricians or um, gardeners or um, plumbers, that type of thing. I think the benefit would would probably be better for small businesses, people who use the small trucks as on a consistent basis, like you said, within a short period of time, versus. Uh, just getting one car, which you could end up using in one week if you're somebody who uses a vehicle all the time. Um, so at first blush, the first one, if that makes sense to you.
2: Yeah, because you're also helping people have to go to work.
1: True, true, yeah.
2: You give out a car, that's what people staying home, in my opinion. not of course, not everybody, that's a broad brush. Mm-hmm. But I agree 100% with that, because what I am afraid is that the governor, and this is political, and there's a political season coming up, I think that he may be using it in both ways. If if you send out the card, it's like trying to buy votes, in my opinion. And I think that's wrong. I think, like you said, reducing or suspending the gasoline tax for a set period of time would be helpful to the people. And I hope that you would be more inclined to vote for that than the card. Thank you. Uh, Yeah.
0: I'm all against those cards, uh, because there's so much potential abuse there, but when you actually go to the pump right you're know, you're either paying cash or credit, i mean there's the point of purchase, and then you can get your your little discount there, but those cards no, no, not okay. for Roger marijuana, so uh Big we're good. supposed to uh you know where are we going
1: well, um can I take these off? yeah you can take those okay. off, yes yeah, um sorry, folks, that's the uh Earphones they had on. Were they
0: loud? Uh, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, We can turn that down next time. That's
1: okay. That's okay. So um, this year, um, interestingly enough, two bills were introduced, one on the House and one on the Senate side. At the same time, there was a big press conference over it, so they're identical. So with that being said, to me, there is more of a thrust to get this done this year than years in the past, where you would have two different versions and you were trying to, you know, Find out the details if you will and they could not come up with a consensus so um do i think has a good traction to pass this year it sure does seem like that yes um can Can they always be be voting for it if it hits the floor i vote for it Mm -hmm. yeah um my would you have voted for it 10 years ago as i told you last time i think i was here this is a train that's coming that you can't stop Uh um my biggest concern regarding this I I understand the recreational needs for people and how they view that I get that my biggest concerns again I work in the school system I work with kids and um, I am so overly concerned about these edibles um, that look like candy and and the drinks that go like that and how they can be um, how they can be misused whether intentionally or accidentally on 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 a know a kid's level and it could create a lot of issues and i don't know how you can control that um and then no then the other message that no once you legalize something then it kind of takes the stigma off of it if you will or it takes the edge off of it um so it becomes more acceptable and sometimes i'm just wondering if that's a smart way to go um those are my concerns uh, I expressed this at the state House I express that when we when we do uh, you know, when they talk about the legislation what can we do to put in these things in there to try to control that as much as possible um, but bottom line when it hits the floor um, this is going one way or another so are you running for re-election again I am gonna run for re-election I um, went back and forth in my head with my and my wife now do this uh, try it one more time Um and we did. I, I, you know, this is kind of um, all modesty aside type of thing. Um, do I still feel I have something that I can offer the, um, the constituents of uh, Senate District 20? I, I believe I do. Now, there's a body of work out there. It's right there. People get to see it. Um, I like to listen to what everybody has to say and interact with them. And um, if they find that something appealing, um, I hope they will vote for me come. September, November, whatever the election cycle uh, for primary and general election are.
0: Before we hit the um, the phones again and yep. commercials, take me through your your history. I mean, like um, starting with the state representative. How
1: long have you been at
0: this? I mean, this is a long journey. For Thanks, you. Raj. Making me feel old here. <laughs> oh uh,
1: yeah, well I look. Uh, Want to hear my my story? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, you're right. I was first elected in 1992 to the House side, so I was sworn in. Into the House in 1993, um, and I served there for seven terms, um, 15 and a half years. And when Senator pa- Senator Beto passed away, God rest his soul, there was a special election that year in February in March, um, and March. Um, and I decided at that point to give it a shot and run for Senate, and I was successful, and I've been there since. So, yeah, it's been a long time. As a matter of fact, here's a, here's a cool uh, anecdotal story, if you will. The year that um, I did run for Senate in that special election and I was successful, I think it goes like this. I voted for the budget on the House side. I resigned on the House side, walked over to the Senate side, got sworn in and get the vote on the budget again. So I think I'm the only state legislator in the history of Rhode Island to get the state vote for the budget on both sides of the, uh, of the chambers. Kind of an amusing fact. Over thirty years there. Thirty years exactly. This yeah. is my thirtieth year there. Yeah. Um, so
0: would you put those earphones back oh, on? sure. We're going to take two more calls and, and then I got to do some commercials. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there is a, a button that can make it lower if you want to. Uh, it's, I think it's the first button on the left where you can l- well, lower the volume okay. or make it higher. Yeah, yeah,
1: I found that. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Okay. We'll take a couple of more calls and then uh, then we'll do some commercials. Our guest is. Um, from uh, Senate District 20, uh, Senator Roger Pickard, and then he's going to do it again, as they say. Uh, another uh, another run. And so let's um, take this phone call. Hello there. What would you like to say to Senator Pickard? Good
4: morning, Senator. I am very concerned about the energy future of Rhode Island. I have read the plans Rhode Island come for. Mm-hmm. They are plans huh? I, I said yes. Their plan seems to be following the German plan, which was an utter failure and not the French plan. I've done some personal calculations, and I've also read the report on what they plan to do with the electricity. They have a plan from the Bredo Group, I believe I said that right, where they're planning to, to have the entire electrical grid powered by wind and solar, By twenty thirty, That's in my lifetime, and they only have a plan for four hours of battery backup, and that battery backup's only going to power about one-quarter of the state. So therefore, the last time I was on the bay and the wind picked up and the sun went out, the wind blew so fast that the turbines on the bay shut down. It was complete cloud cover. It lasted for eight hours, which means the state of Rhode Island would have been in total blackout for four hours under their plan. It's a complete disaster for Rhode Island. We need advanced nuclear in this state. It's the only way to go. You cannot run a modern society on wind and solar alone. For one reason, even if you had enough wind and solar, we have no efficient way to store the energy but when the sun isn't shining and the wind isn't blowing. It's an impractical plan. It failed in Germany. The plan that does work is the French plan. People say you can't do that. Well, the French are doing it. And the French, 17% of their nuclear energy comes from recycled nuclear waste, which means we could take in and recycle nuclear waste from other states and sell electric power to other states and then bury the much reduced dangerous nuclear waste in some other state at a much reduced cost because instead of lasting 300,000 years, Nuclear waste from an advanced nuclear reactor is only dangerous for 300 years. We could cash in getting rid of other states' nuclear waste and providing electricity. We have a working model in France, and there's right. no way that I want to live through you guys finding out it's a failure.
0: Okay, Please. now I'm, I'm done, with the, done with you now. And the reason being is that I understand that Germany's uh, wind situation uh, hasn't worked. I understand France, just been to France, uh, they depend uh, a lot on nuclear power, and they depend on nuclear waste. And so, therefore, I have Senator Pickard in front of me, and I'm going to ask him a question concerning energy and how he feels about it, because that's the only thing that uh, I'm, I'm caring about in this particular program, because I've heard you before on this subject. Incidentally, I agree with you on this subject that we don't, do not take advantage of nuclear power the way that we should. Uh, but... Uh, it's not very popular right now.
1: Let me ask, the, let me ask the senator how he feels about energy policy. Thank you. Okay, um, and, and I understand exactly what he's talking yes. about. So, and he's said it many and, times and, here. And I am, I have my concerns, Roger, from the revolt against fossil fuel um, versus an evolution to green energy. Um, Much like you growing up in the 60s and 70s, you know, there was a, a, back then there was, you know, air pollution, water pollution, that type of thing. Now it's kind of converged into um, climate um, change. I I get that. I I really do. Um, To what the gentleman's point was, do I think that we have enough green energy right now to totally switch over by 2030 or 2050? I don't. You know, I I have concerns about the production of green energy. I, I don't know. I don't know right now if there's enough. I know there's a lot of mon- money going to there to invest it. Does the technology exist? I don't think so at this point. And I don't know if it's going to come fast enough to do it within the time frame like that gentleman said. Number two, the transition, transmission of power. We have all these, these lines here now, but if we're going to start... Using a lot more electricity in your homes for electric heat and for your cars, that type thing. I don't know if the infrastructure right now can handle all that. And depending who you speak to, it, you, you'll find out on both sides of the issue. These are just my concerns. And this is the perspective I'm coming from. So I agree with that, gentleman that going towards this you know, 2030, 2050 type of thing it, it is... Problematic, And when I've spoken to people down at the General Assembly when we passed this bill last year, if you will, um, that said, no, you will hit these these benchmarks, and if you don't, they'll be able to sue the state. Which, by the way, I ended up voting against that because of that, that um, provision. That provision, Because um, I didn't think we could realistically change it. I don't mind going in that direction, I think, as a smart move, but I don't know if we could do it in the, the time frame that we're talking about. Um, and I know I'm kind of ranting and raving. So... I do have my concerns, and when I spoke to people, that's what I was talking about, they said, well, we're going to have to tweak this legislation going forward. And I said, okay, how are you going to tweak it? You know, if if you're going to ask everybody in my district to go from their oil heat or their gas heat to electrical heat, and you want to put in these mini split pumps or whatever they're they're called, that type of thing, how are you going to help them with the cost? If you're going to have them switch over from their cars to electric cars, how are you going to help them do that? You know, within this time this time frame, when, when you collapse this time frame, it adds a lot of pressure. But that being said, when the gentleman spoke about nuclear power, growing up in the time when nuclear power was supposed to be the clean energy going forward, you know, and everybody was on, on top of it. And then, you know, Three Mile Island happened and Chernobyl happened and all of a sudden everybody got afraid of it. Um, it still sounds like a viable source. Um, I don't know much about it. I know we've closed, I think, two plants in New England that were uh, nuclear-powered and then another 13 that were fuel-powered. Um, so do I have my concerns? Yes. Do I think we should be going in this direction? Yes. At the, t- at the rate of speed that we're trying to do it, I don't think we can uh, achieve that. I could be wrong, but I'm listening.
0: Just uh, two weeks ago, I was in Germany. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we were out in the countryside. You could see all the windmills, you know, uh, yep. the green energy and so forth. And as the uh, tour guide said... On a windy day, this is great for Germany, but the, the day that we were there, it was um, uh, overcast, mm-hmm. and uh, there was no wind. He said, uh, green energy uh, doesn't work. Uh, and, and what basically what he said is, green energy depends on the weather.
1: Yeah, it's the consistency factor, <laughs> the sustainability factor. Uh-huh. And to that gentleman that, that just called... Uh, feel free to call me at my home. My home number is 769-4902. I'd love to talk to you and listen to you, what you have to say, what you need to go forward from there, so I can understand it from your perspective and the facts that you have, because it helps me down there. The more information I have, the better understanding I have of, it, of an issue, and then I can make a, a sound policy decision going from there.
0: I don't want this caller to wait any longer. Okay. Then we're going to hit some ads. Fair uh, enough. All right. So uh, your comment, please, for uh, Senator Pickard.
5: Good morning, Senator Pickard. Just uh, uh, just let me say something before I ask the question. Okay. So sea line uh, shoreline access, big big issue. And I, I know we're not a coastal town, but we pay, we as taxpayers, Osaka taxpayers, we and, and all taxpayers, we pay for all that because those seawalls and those roads and those sidewalks and those rights away that are managed by the C R M C all our tax dollars support all of that. I mean, <laughs> we pay for those five million for that Matunic seawall. So we have the right, we have the constitutional right under the renowned constitution to a to, to right to that, to that shoreline. And what's happening is, uh, you're probably aware that a lot of a very small, full of very, very wealthy and powerful people are trying to shut down that access. They're blocking rights of way that are there legally. They're trying to shut down parking. They're trying to do everything to prevent people from getting to the shoreline. Now, I know there's some things being worked. I believe uh, Representative Filippi, and a court and the house are both working on a shoreline access bill let me ask you this Mm -hmm. what is the status that you know of on this if you don't have the answer off the top of your head that's fine i understand but do you know what the status is of this and when are we going to get this thing done senator And what can be done to really move it along in the senate
1: so um
5: thank you for your call sir
1: i off the top of my head i i the first question he asked you no know, what's the status of it in the Senate side I don't know uh what you just explained to me is kind of what I know about um there was a commission to uh to review this and it came through and people are uh, trying to get some uh, legislation through on the House side I haven't seen anything or heard anything on the Senate side doesn't mean um that hasn't been introduced I, I kind of some I don't see all legislations going in but I can check into it uh and to the point that you just said, I think it's a very important um, issue that people have access to the shore. Um, what you spoke of about roads being blocked and stuff, I, what I know about that is I read in the paper, and I, I don't think that's fair. I think um, you want to go to the beach, you want to be able to walk on it. Um, and I know there's that whole, that whole thing what? how far on the beach can you walk, what's considered private property, the, um, the, the height of high tide or the seaweed type of thing. Um, We'll figure that out as we go along. Um, does it have momentum this year? I believe so. Um, but that's now. And as we go further forward and crunch time comes, we'll wait and see. But if I, I'll see what I can find out um, more about it when I get down to the um, Senate today. And, um, again, just like I offered to the other gentleman, give me a call at home, seven six nine four nine zero two. We can talk about it more, and I can see if I can get more information for you.
0: Thank you. Moving on couple of emails. Uh, one of our listeners uh, wants to remind people that the uh, rallies today, uh, Second Amendment uh, rallies today and tomorrow, uh, hearing today 1 to 8, and hearings tomorrow 3 to 7. I believe the hearings tomorrow are the Senate hearings. Um,
2: right.
0: Yeah, and uh, the ones today are House hearings. And the other one here, um, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, My two cents regarding Rhode Island gun laws. Rhode Island is already in the top ten states for having the toughest gun laws. But uh, that's not enough. Excuse my bluntness. But if Rhode Island legislators believe more laws will halt criminal element from getting guns, they must have single-digit IQs. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Back in a moment.
2: Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House.
0: All right, Roast House, what's on the uh, the luncheon menu today? How about that um, tuna salad melt? That's my uh, favorite, $8.99. Your your choice of uh, bread buttered and grilled and stuffed with tuna. And they use that uh, white albacore uh, albacore tuna that I love so much. And and then American cheese, I change it over to provolone. And uh, then I ask for a little side of mayonnaise. It's probably not a good idea to put more mayonnaise on a tuna salad melt, but um, I do it. Uh, and uh, you get a side, and I get coleslaw, eight ninety nine, part of the luncheon at um, Roast House here in uh, Blackstone, Massachusetts. And uh, also, one of our sponsors is uh, Cham's Liquors. In Woonsocket, Champs Liquors for Keyway. 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket, still featuring Flip Flop Wines. A California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. And our newest wine edition comes from... From Italy, check out the Stella Rosa Collection. It's a semi-sweet wine offered in a variety of tastes, including peach, blackberry, blueberry, watermelon, and green apple, to mention a few, and affordably priced at eleven ninety nine or $12.99. Goes well with a wide range of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. And yes, we continue the best price in town on Bud or Bud Light, 30-pack, $26.47 plus tax. We're open daily, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer and wine and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. All right, and uh, one more message here before we uh, get back to Senator Pickard. And that is the Honey Shop uh, at 1300 uh, Park Avenue here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. If you love food, you'll love us. And um, if you follow the keto um, diet, we have keto um, things Available now. What do what do we mean by keto things? Well, like for instance, uh, you want to have uh, a pancake uh, and you want some uh, syrup on it. Well, we have the keto syrup and we have the the pancake mix that uh, that when it all is said and done lowers your carbohydrate intake. And you know that carbohydrates are the key to weight gain. Did you know that, Senator Pickard? Carbohydrates so the key to the weight gain. Yes, he knows it. (laughs) I feel it. (laughs) Yes, he knows it big time. Anyway, over at the uh, Honey Shop, we have our sourdough bread and pizza. Um, I guess you could call it workshop this Saturday at 4 o'clock where you learn how to make sourdough. And uh, you can take uh, some of what you make uh, home. That'll be this coming Saturday. Call us if you'd like to make a reservation. This coming Sunday, we have the Ocean Wave Resin Class. Simply put, um, artistic creations made with resin materials. And uh, this, of course, uh, this Sunday at 4 p.m. has an ocean theme to it. Um, And then there's um, making, um, making beer india pale ale beer you can make your own at home but you gotta learn how to do it right and uh, there's a seminar coming up on that on saturday april 9th from 11 a.m to 1 p.m brew at home it's fun but you gotta know what to do and uh, what materials to buy and so forth and we'll teach you how to do it and of course you can just go to uh, the honey shop for all the things that um, you enjoy uh, uh, getting including uh, our uh, our local honey, and also uh, some of the products that we make right here in Socket. For information, 766-1488. And classes are conducted at the 1300 Park Avenue location. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're back to the panel. Uh, State Senator Roger Pickard is here by invitation and... Um, and you were um, noting, uh, just uh, one more thing on the gun, gun thing, you were noting that there's plenty of activity coming up tomorrow to uh, to look at this, uh, this question, or these questions.
1: What I find interesting when I was, when you had called me yesterday about coming here and you were asking me about the, uh, the Second Amendment and the hearings, uh, so I pulled the, uh, the Senate Committee on Judiciary's um, schedule for tomorrow, and as I was going through this, I found it very interesting. Typically in the past when um, we had these, if you will, for lack of a better term, gun days, that type thing, most of the bills that were on were about a restrictive nature. Um, No magazines, no um, silencers, no this, no that. There's a bunch of bills on tomorrow for Second Amendment that says we want you to... To allow you to have this a little bit easier or, or uh, want you to have the ability to have this, that type of thing. Um, so there's more of a um, um, I don't want to say balanced approach, but almost an equal amount of legislation to restrict as opposed to legis- and, uh, legislation to enhance, if you will. Um, you had asked me at the beginning of the, uh, the thing, do I get a lot of calls? And I do. And typically it's Roger, these, these bills are coming, don't pass them. Then but a lot of them have been saying, here are some of, the, some of the other bills that we'd like to see pass dealing with the same subject matter. And that's something different. In all the years I've been down there, it's something different. And it's Senator Rogers and Senator De La Cruz who have put these, uh, these bills in. So I'm very interested to see what's going to happen tomorrow down at the, the State House when all this discussion and testimony is being given.
0: So you're a senator, but um, you also work for the school department. I do. And I was uh, just uh, wondering if you would um, maybe comment on what you think has happened to uh, education uh, during this uh, pandemic. And I I think I'm going to be a little more focused in my question by saying, do you think after all is said and done that any child who is between kindergarten and 12th grade uh, during this period uh, lost out uh, on, on their education? In other words, they're just they just could not get 12 years of education in that in that period because uh so much was lost uh, do you, do you have i know you're not a classroom teacher mm. but i i know you're so, around so, so
1: and, and, and generally speaking roger i would agree with that comment that a lot of uh a lot of students lost uh their ability to to gain if you will you know um mm-hmm. if you were in third grade and you're going through um distance learning you would have gained more if you were in the school, uh, if that's the measurement. There were there will always be students who will excel, at no matter how you you teach them. And they they, they um, we had a lot of those. But for the for the most part, I believe there was um, some gaps, if you will, um, that occurred when uh, distance learning uh, went in. Um, and we, and the school department is working really hard to deal with that right now with the variety of programs that they had. I know you have. Um, Um, Chairman Roger here, and I know you have the superintendent here as well, and they talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and I do believe there's gaps. And and from my perspective, as an attendance officer, um, when kids aren't coming to school, we try to figure out why they're coming to school, and then I can try to deal with those barriers so they can come to school. One of the big problems I always have with students who start missing school becomes secular, meaning They miss school, they have gaps in their education, then they fall behind. Uh, When they fall behind, they want to be embarrassed of coming back to school for some of the older kids. So, therefore, they avoid coming to school. Um, They want to avoid the embarrassment. I get it. And and in some ways, this pandemic kind of enhanced that for some of our students. Um, And then, you know, just the the nature of how students are taught um, distance learning versus in school, um, right? you get accustomed to, I just had to get up five minutes before class, I'll you know, flip on my computer, go to school then, you know, not change up. As opposed to the, the discipline that it takes sometimes to get up early in the morning, make sure that you're dressed, make sure all your homework is done, have your backpack together, have breakfast, go off to school. That disciplinary um, piece, that self-regulation piece kind of um, faded a bit. And it's reflective in some of the, um, the students that we have in the schools now and what, what we're trying to deal with. Again, I'm doing this from an attendance perspective. Yeah,
0: understandable. So you've been there uh, 30 years, so uh, divide it by two, 15 election cycles, uh, mm-hmm. uh, basically speaking, for uh, Senator, Senator uh, Roger Picard. And most of those election cycles, um, uh, very few people voted by, uh, by mail, uh, they had to go to the polls and, and, and vote. And, and then there was some mail balloting because you had a reason. You're in the military or you're going to be out of the country and mm-hmm. so forth. Yep. But in 2020, I mean, a lot of people voted by right. by mail. And there are uh, people uh, that would like to see that continue mm-hmm. in, 20, uh, in 2022, uh, making it um, almost um, unnecessary to go to the polls. If you don't want to, you can just... Um, uh, do it uh, by, uh, by computer. And I was just wondering whether you're just a, an old-fashioned guy that believes in, um, in polling, uh, you know, in person, and, and then uh, unless you have a good reason, uh, you can vote by, uh, by absentee ballot or uh, or whether you've um, come of age on this topic.
1: This is a hot topic down there right now. I know uh, that. Big time. So I saved um, it for last. So let me walk this through. Um, Election day, should people come in and, and, and vote in person? I do believe in that. Do, should you have an ID? Uh, I'll cover that. Yes, I do. You should have an ID when you come and vote. I do believe in that. Extending the voting to like include um, a few more days, if you will, uh, the week before. So when we had the COVID, um, the pandemic going on, I took myself personally took advantage of that, you know, going to vote early. Goodbye. So I. am going like, now is that such a bad idea? Depending on how many days you extend it, you know, if you go like a month, I think that would be disastrous. Um, if you went, you know, a seven-day period, a five-day period, or maybe just pick a couple of days that somebody could go, I'm open to that. Um, mail-in ballots, as you said, um, my mom, when she was live, heaven forbid, because she was in the 90s, she did not want to go to the polls, that type of thing, uh, to get getting mail ballots for specific reasons i have no problems with that do i still believe you need two witnesses yes i do um i I still think there's a a certain um (sighs) credibility by having witnesses if you will to your uh, to your voting and, and sent it in um during the pandemic, when I believe the Secretary of State, and if I'm remembering this wrong, I'm sure somebody will let me know, she just sent out ballots to everybody. No, I'm not in favor of that. If, if you have a reason why you can't go, um, then yes, please, I nobody wants you not to be able to vote. Check off the thing, that why you can't go, whatever the case may be. You're going to be out of town, you're going to be away, whatever the case may be. Vote from home, that's great. Get your two witnesses, that's great, and mail it in. Does that cover your question. Oh, it certainly does.
0: Right. It uh, it uh, brings us back to uh, the point as as to whether Senator Pickard is a liberal or a conservative or a moderate. That was what we call a moderate answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, what, what what are you labeled the most as? Uh,
1: I you well, know, I'm, I mean I love labels. P- people love labels and, and, I, and I think and, and I get it, <laughs> it. It makes it easy to d- to talk about things. But when you put labels out there now you go people categorize things in those labels and they believe they think that that applies to you all the time and it doesn't you know on some issues i may be more liberal than Mm -hmm. than others you know and then other issues i mean maybe more conservative again i try to reflect the district that's around me and trying to understand what's going on um as much as possible so i i guess most people would consider me like a moderate if you will but um you it's know, a
0: very think, suggestive thing, because mm-hmm. I know that some of the, uh, what we would call progressives uh, in the Rhode Island Senate would call you a conservative.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you <laughs> and know... And my brother would call you a liberal. And, and, and some people <laughs> who were considered liberals in the past are now not progressive enough for others. So it gets to be very um, problematic, if you when you start using labels. we have more calls?
0: Uh, we have more calls, All right. Uh, so... We'll press this button first, and uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get everything. If everybody's quick with a question, maybe we can uh, get these two callers in. Hello, you're next.
3: Thank you. Uh, quick question. Yeah. What are your What's your opinion on the number of students that have returned to school? How many How many students have we lost due to what parents learned during the pandemic? And number two, if you don't have to work. For anything, you don't appreciate anything. If people don't have to put in some effort to go vote, they don't appreciate the value of the vote. Please do not have drop boxes uh, allowing people to pick up ballots and extended early voting. Thank you. Thank you. Okay,
1: so the second part we kind of talked about Mm -hmm. the the first part. do we lose children? Um, and I'm going to talk globally, not just the city of Woonsocket here. Yeah. Um, what I've read nationwide, you know, when the pandemic hit, people, students just dropped off, off the rolls. Mm-hmm. And that can be for a variety of reasons, Roger. You know. It, did not, we
0: lose them to homeschooling? You can you lose them to homeschooling. Or did we lose them to just
1: periods? Or, or they can move to another um, state or they can move out of the country. And you don't really know sometimes. So they, they just they just kind of go off the rolls and it's a little disconcerting that you don't know where they are but when you have a transient population and when the pandemic hit you had a lot of people working from home or, or moving to other places that they can work further away which pulled their kids out of the school so yeah um to that 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 call is first part of her question um yeah did we lose some students i believe so do i know a number i do not um and part of it is because of the pandemic, and part of it is because we just naturally have a transit population here in Woonsocket to tie it locally.
0: Your question, please.
6: Hey, Roger, how you doing? First of all, say I'm getting up early listening to your show, and I just want to give a little kudos. You've got a perfect, beautiful radio voice. I'm an opera singer. You do great, and Jeff <laughs> does great. Uh, you really are. Uh, I work the polls in Smithfield. Uh, You've got to have a paper trail. you got to stop these drop boxes. Uh, the left, what they do is they get carried away. Oh, let's more expend the, time, expend the time. This thing they're arguing about now, the, 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 the left, the far left, uh, voter ID. It, it, there's vote, you can do voting. They don't mind that, but you got to have an ID. I mean, that's only common sense. These, uh, uh, I call them, my, my sleepy Joe, he doesn't want to, they don't want to um, uh, have uh, uh, IDs. They want to get all the vote they can from the immigrants. It's really cheating. Like my grade 45 says, uh, it's more opportunity for them to cheat. Uh, and that's what the President Trump was saying. Uh, you got I don't mind giving the, like he says, overseas, you get a ballot. I don't mind a few. If you go on the computer, there's no paper trail. Mm-hmm. you got to have a drop box for a Not a, not a, a drop box. For that. When you put your vote in the DS 200 machine, the papers go down uh, in the town of Smithfield. The cops right there. Uh, we uh, Larry counts all the uh, ballads. Uh, he reads that uh, she, uh, that little, uh, I call it the uh, uh, stop and shop receipt. It goes on and on and on and on and on. It's a paper trail there. All the ballads, uh, the two USB ports on each side, one to the election office. But, but you've got to have... You've
1: got to, human nature is such that you've got to have backup things like that. All right, let's get the
0: senator
6: to find God bless.
4: Have a good day,
1: Roger. thank you. To the point that he was saying, and I'm assuming he was talking about your voice being operatic, not mine. Um, Oh, your voice, of course. Uh, No, I agree with him. No, the accountability that comes into play, much like when I answered the question earlier, you know, having having signatures, having an ID, I think that's important.
0: Hey, we're uh, almost at the uh, back end of the program here. So, uh, yeah, you're running for uh, re-election again. And so, um, what's going to come out of the, this session? Is, it, is marijuana going to be the big issue? Or is voting going to be a big issue? Or is the budget going to be the big issue?
1: To me, what? it's always the budget. And, um, Roger, of all the years I've been down there, ha- no, having a $600 million surplus in, in state budget, not the opera monies that are coming in. I've never seen that before, ever. Um, so I'm going like, okay, there's a potential of doing a lot of good things, but at the same time, you know, the sustainability of understanding that this money is not going to be there next year or the year after. So, you no, know, do you start a new program? Do you not start a new program? Could you fund a new program going forward? Do you start backfilling some of the um, some of the other um, thing, programs that we've had in the past that you know, need? need to be upgraded that type of thing so i think the budget in and of itself will be the biggest one roger i'm sure you know marijuana because these are hot topic buttons uh button topics uh, will be there probably those are probably the biggest too you'll have some climate control bills probably don't know if all the voting bills will come out or not as they're, they're talking about i'll wait and see on that one um but that's kind of what i know
0: have you back in a few weeks when things are become more focused. Thank you. I'd be happy to. Good day. Bye-bye, this has everybody. Been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of New Talk 1380, WNRI Wound Socket.